Welcome to It's Your Business Leader podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. In this cast, Foundations of Influence, Part 5, The Wheat Farmer. Back in 1994, yeah, I know I've been in industry a long time. But back in 1994, I remember this is one particular day, I had an opportunity to meet with my general manager. And I told him during this meeting, Bill, pretty soon I'm gonna come to you with a $250,000 capital request to buy an electron microscope. And you're gonna say yes. He looked at me and he laughed. He literally laughed at me. We've never spent that kind of money in our department. I don't think that's gonna happen, Ron. But good luck. If you if you convince me of that, I'll eat my hat. I'm like, okay, that's a weird thing to say, but okay. The funny thing is, over the course of the next nine months, every time I met with my manager, and every month when I had a meeting with my general manager, I began to lay out a story and a justification of how buying this $250,000 piece of equipment would benefit my general manager, my manager, the department we worked in, our customers, and our company. And relentlessly, week after week after week after month after month, I convinced them that spending this money had an immediate return on investment. And the funny thing was, in month 12, I was submitting the capital request to that company. This technique that I'm talking about is called the law of the farm. Stephen Covey is famous for having put this in his book, Principle-Centered Leadership. This is one of the 30 methods of influence. It's the law of the farm. The idea is that if you want to harvest wheat in the fall, it's really a good idea early in the spring to go and till the soil. And then still in the spring, you're going to plant seed. And over the course of the summer, you're going to water the field and you're going to weed the field to make sure that the the weeds don't choke out the wheat. Then you're going to wait, continuing to water, continuing to weed, and then in the fall, you're going to harvest a crop. You can't rush this process. It takes time to go through it. And what I knew with that story that I told you was that no one had ever, in that, com- that technical, com- or technical department's history, had ever justified a purchase of the magnitude that I was suggesting. And I knew that it was going to be a very large uphill climb to get it done. So this is definitely another long-term strategy. You're not going to get this overnight. And it just doesn't work. You can't cram, plant the seeds one day, and then harvest them the next. It just doesn't work. The other thing about this technique, it is strongly based in the Aristotle model that we talked about a few casts ago, ethos, logos, pathos. 
if my manager and general manager didn't trust my character and didn't trust my calculations and didn't trust my return on investment, there's no way they would have ever agreed. Likewise, if my argument, the logic of my argument didn't support what was best for the department, what was best for my managers, what was best for the company, they would never have agreed. And had I not given them a significant motivation of not shutting customers down because this was about solving customer complaints and making sure that production processes that our customers worked, again, without the pathos, they wouldn't have signed on the dotted line and allowed me to buy the electron microscope. Likewise, this technique builds on listen and build trust. I listen to those managers every week. I listen to them, they listen to me, and I continued deliberately to build a relationship with both of them so that they would trust me enough to make this decision. Now, this technique adds something different than our previous casts as well. It adds the sense of a vision of a better future. And I'm sure you all appreciate this is about a this is a leadership cast. Vision is a critical part of being an effective leader. If you don't have a clear vision, you won't even know that that buying something two, three years in the future is a good idea. You got to be thinking about where do I want to take my department? Where do I want to take my line or my area of responsibility or my entire company? What would be the best decision for the future so that we can take care of our customers? Another aspect of this technique is that you really want to make sure that it demonstrates value to your manager because in the end, you need, you need your manager to also be a cheerleader for making this stuff happen. So that was a key piece of this as well. Now, what you need to understand is that this technique will work with pretty much any stakeholder or any person. It will work with suppliers. It will work with customers. It will work with your manager or executive managers. It'll work with a peer. The only place that I don't think I would ever t attempt this technique is with an employee. Now, I might try it with an employee if I had a particularly stubborn one who was a decent performer and they weren't disrupting anything in my, in my organization or my culture. But generally speaking, I don't see a need for doing this with an employee. So suppliers, customers, peers, managers, executives, it will work. And the key to this technique is having a clear picture of the future and having the capability to justify what you want to do. So you have to think this through. Now, this leads us to a really important aspect of this technique that I think a lot of managers wouldn't necessarily get. It's called the work breakdown structure. And this is a term that comes out of project management. And the idea is with projects, we have a very clear end state in mind. And we, we know where we want to get to. We know where we're at. And we need a path to get there. We need a project plan. The project plan includes this idea of a work breakdown structure. So if you have the ultimate goal, which is in my case, it was to purchase and install an electron microscope in, two, in 1996, two years after I started the justification. So what are the major steps between making the decision to pursue this and the commissioning of this piece of equipment? Well, before you can commission it, you have to install it. So installation is a key step in the process. Before you install it, you have to buy it. So purchasing it is a key step in the process. Before you can agree to purchase it, you have to do a negotiation with all the suppliers. 
and make a purchase decision as to which equipment you want to buy. So the, the evaluation of product offers is a key step in this process. Before you can get to a point where you're evaluating and doing a, a purchase evaluation, you have to get approval from the internal part of your company. You got to get the sign-off on the capital expenditure. Before you can do that, you actually have to submit a capital request. And I would argue that the reason that I was successful in this particular example is before you submit the capital request, you have to educate and justify to the people who are going to sign off on it the benefit to them, the benefit to the organization, the benefit to the customer. And if you do all of those steps, we start by educating the key stakeholders that are going to do the approvals, and then we submit the capital request, and then we get the capital request approved, and then we begin the process of evaluating vendors, and then we choose a vendor, then we negotiate and get the final price, and then we purchase, and then we get delivery and install, and then we commission. Those are the work breakdown steps of this particular project. So we have to recognize all of those various steps and we have to plan for them because every one of them had sub-activities involved. So the idea of a work breakdown structure, you know where you're at, you know where you want to be, you identify all the major goals in between, and then you look at each goal and say, what do I need to do in order for the first sub-goal to be achieved? What do I need to do for the second sub-goal, the third, the fourth, the fifth? And the, the interesting thing about a work breakdown structure, if you sum up all of the individual task level activities that lead to the sub-goals and the sub-goals lead to the outcome you're looking for, you will have a completed project. And that is the key in, in this technique. It's incredibly time-intensive and deliberate and intentional, and it requires absolute patience and excellent relationships, sound analysis capabilities. I mean, there's so much to this technique, but once you get it, you can achieve pretty much anything you want. So this is a really powerful long-term technique for building influence and, and achieving outcomes. And not for the faint of heart. You got to be prepared for a one to two year journey in some cases. It might even be five in some cases. But if you, if you can master this technique, there's nothing that will stop you from achieving outstanding results. So who does what by when? I want you to think about your area of responsibility. Whether you're a supervisor, manager, general manager, whatever, look at your entire area of responsibility. Now, I want you to think about, about June of 2025, three years from now. I mean, this cast will come out toward the middle of June. So I want you thinking about the middle of June, three years out, 2025. What is a significant change that you could implement in your area of responsibility that would radically improve your ability to meet customer requirements? What could you do? It's a blank sheet of paper. What could you do if you had all the time and the resources available to solve a problem? What would you do? I want you to think that through and then come into our group on LinkedIn called Mentoring Leaders and share what your vision is, of a different future for, for you and your area of responsibility. All right, everyone, we'll see you on the next cast. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. 
If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.